Shockers. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's good? What's good, Shockers? <laughs> Welcome to another episode of The Real Shell Shock. I hope you are all wonderful because I certainly am. Yes, I'm is. Yes, I'm is. Yes, I'm is. I'm well. I'm good. Yes. Anywho, I can't believe it's already the end of October. I cannot believe it I cannot believe it but here we are you know the days are just going by faster and faster and faster the older you get it's crazy kind of scary that's why you got to live every day like it's your last right anyhow before I get into today's story um earlier today I was talking to one of my friends about uh this story that I saw on my my phone that came up on my news break um how many of you guys heard of that 14-year-old girl in Florida that took uh, $13,500 from her grandmother's savings and took it to school and just gave it out to different classmates, okay? From what I understand, they weren't even, like, all her friends. They were just people in school, and she just gave the money out like it was hers to give, okay? Did y'all hear about that shit? Because I did. I nearly pulled my hair out of my own head, okay? It, it it, let me let me tell you how to kick her. The the last I read, I, I need to go back and see like the you know any updates on the story. But the last I read was that um, school officials had only been able to recover twenty five hundred dollars, which was still in her uh, backpack, and only seven hundred dollars was returned by the students that she had given it to you. Uh, given it to you, Jesus Christ of America, given it to. Okay. All right. Y'all heard me. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. $3,200 is all that had been recovered, at least uh, according to a couple of days ago. Now, I just need to know what would y'all do? What would y'all do if you were in that situation? Okay. Like, so now this little girl, she's about to face um, felony charges for grand theft, right? Um, yeah, and I, I, I agree with that. Like, she needs to she needs to face the consequences of that dumb shit that she did. Like, what the fuck was she thinking, right? Like, I don't know what her situation is. I don't know what her story is. I don't know if that grandmother was, you know, an evil grandmother. I have no idea. But guess what? It wasn't your money to take, and it wasn't your money to give away. Um, I would have to put a hurting on her. I would. Yes, I would. I would snatch her up by the neck. I absolutely would. Yes, I would. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't play that thief shit. You know what I'm saying? So um, that would definitely be a problem for me. So I was talking about it with one of my friends, and we were going back and forth. And it's it's just really sad. Like, I don't know what's going on with these kids nowadays. Like, I, the, the gall, the balls, the nerve. It, it's insane that they have. And, um... This is just another one of those examples, and it just had me all kinds of twisted when I when I first read it. But, um, you know, I don't know. I don't know. What do you guys think? Um, hit me up. Let me know. Hit me up on, um, on IG and, you know, let me know what you think if you want to. If not, that's okay, too. Anyway, this week's episode, um, I don't know. I'm thinking about making it one in a series because apparently there are a lot of virgins out there acting a damn fool. So, um, allegedly, so, um, you know, they're supposed to be serving the good Lord and doing good, you know, works and whatnot, but mm -mm, that 
that's not what's taking place. So you'll understand what I mean in a bit when I explain. So of course, I'm gonna put the trigger warning out there. The following may not be suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Nothing gory, none of that today. But you know, it is mature um, content. So listener discretion is advised. So I'm gonna get into it right now. Cecile Bombeek was born in 1933 in a town called Overmere, Belgium. Okay. Now, let me just put this out there. I searched for her actual date of birth and could not find anything other than 1933. And this is how it was going to be throughout this story that I'm telling you about. Um, I'll be telling you about Cecile and her antics. Um, a lot of it will be without any real specific dates, just time frames for the most part. And it's only because it's not out there, Shakas. Like I looked, I really did look. Um, if any of you you know, go back after I tell this story and go do your own research and you find something, please share it with me, okay? Because I, I would love to know more deets if I can find them, okay? But I wasn't able to find any, so I just want to put that out there, all right? So it was said that um, Cecile was the apple of her parents' eye, okay? She was supposed to be a pretty little girl. Um, I even read sources that described her as an attractive child. I don't know that I've ever been... Um, deemed an attractive child I, I've been deemed an attractive woman but an attractive child I was a beautiful little girl beautiful honey mm-hmm. yeah I'm not even patting my own back like it's it's the truth like it, it that's just what it is you know what I'm saying I was gorgeous I was gorgeous then and I'm gorgeous now sorry anyway they said she was an attractive child so you know that's that's what it was and um her parents were, you know, really proud of her and they had high hopes of who she would become in the future. So as, you know, she was growing up, she told her parents that she wanted to follow a religious path. Um, so she wanted to become a nun. This, this announcement made her parents very happy. And, you know, they were very happy because they were a very devout family. So by the time Cecile turned 15 years old, she entered the apostolic order of Holy St. Joseph in Wettering, and that's a town not far from Overmere, where she lived with her family. Like, it's really close. It's not far at all. Um, shortly thereafter, she would eventually become Sister Godfrida. So you don't change your name into a religious name until you finish, like, certain, certain um, training courses. I don't want to use that term because that's real technical because that's not necessarily what it is on the religious um you know spectrum but once you finish certain requirements then you get to pick a name and that was the name that she picked sister godfrida okay now sidebar did y'all know that there is a difference between a nun and a sister well let me tell y'all so a nun takes solemn vows to live a simple life in a convent or a monastery okay so pretty much all they're doing is praying right and sisters take simpler vows, and they tend to focus on works of mercy, such as charity and outreach. Those are the ones that you, um, like, see out there, you know what I mean? Teaching and nursing and doing things like that, okay? So, although nurses, I'm sorry, although nuns can do it too, those are mostly sisters, all right? So, Sister Godfrida, you know, she dedicated her life to God and her works to serving the patients at the old people's home, which was the geriatric ward at the public hospital where she worked. 
Sister Godfrieda was completely devoted and hardworking, and she worked her way up the sister chain, you know, until she was appointed Mother Superior, okay? Yeah, she made it all the way up to Mother Superior. I don't have a time frame of that, okay? Um, but Mother Superior is a nun who is in charge of the other nuns in the convent. So, shockers, she was a HNIC, a head nun in charge, if you will. <laughs> I had none in charge. Lord have mercy. Anyway, so for 30 years, Sister Gottfrieda had an impeccable reputation. She represented her order with great dignity. She didn't play about her work. Um, you know, she was looking good, doing great things. You know, she was a model to all of her nun underlings. Nun underlings. Or nunderlings. I'm going to call them nunderlings, okay? Nunderlings, Okay. And, um, you know, everything was going well and she was respected and admired and whatever. And, um, you know, all, all good things have to come to an end, right? Absolutely. So as I stated in the beginning of this episode, um, specific dates aren't really available on a lot of the details of the story, but I'm gonna give y'all what I got. All right. So it is reported that Sister Gafrida's behavior was fine until sometime in 1976 uh sister Gottfrieda became ill and was diagnosed with a brain tumor she would undergo brain surgery to remove that tumor which by all accounts was a success like the, the surgery went well she recovered well however after that surgery she was prescribed morphine for the pain and and eventually she would become addicted to it and that is when she started to behave differently she had a new attitude y'all just acting totally brand new all right so, um, sister HNIC is now addicted to drugs and needs to get her money right in order to buy them, right? Because y'all ain't never heard of no nun living large, right? No, you haven't because they don't. So, nuns do not receive salaries like us regular folk, okay? Nuns and sisters um, take a vow of poverty. So, if they happen to receive a salary from work outside of being a nun, a nun, you know, as I um, stated earlier, you know, in teaching, nursing, things like that, they give it to the church. And then the church in turn gives them a stipend that is supposed to cover their living expenses. Okay. So we talking about beyond tithes, people. Okay. Beyond your 10%. Okay. So understand that her stipend as a HNIC in an old people's home did not cover the cost of the drug she happened to become addicted to. Okay. Let's, let's understand that. Okay. In fact, that stipend wasn't enough to cover a lot of the things Sister HNIC enjoyed, okay? Such as vintage wines, not the Kool-Aid, sweet red like your girl, me, enjoys and am drinking currently, okay? And um, expensive food and the best cuts of meat. No, your girl, she wasn't eating no skirt steaks, no cube steaks. Mm-mm, that was beneath her. It was porterhouse and Kobe steaks for old girl, okay? And these luxuries were not only for herself, mm-mm, 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 but also for her sexual liaisons. Yes, shockers. Yes, shockers. Y'all heard me correctly. Yes. Sister HNIC enjoyed the company of both men and women, okay? Including a local teacher and a retired missionary priest. Mm-hmm. Sister HNIC enjoyed herself in a big way with no money. Go ahead, Sister Skeezer. Yes, do it. Mm-hmm. So it is now 1977. Elderly uh, patients in the old people's home 
were dying like at an alarming rate, not ever experienced before in that hospital. The geriatric ward only had 38 beds and within a year, 20, 21 patients had died. And then the elderly patients that were still alive were showing evidence that they were being physically abused. For example, nurses would find that patients with catheters um, were having them ripped out from their bladders, you know, with no care, so the blood and everything was everywhere, you know, catheters leaking, just a mess, okay? And of course, that would be extremely painful to anybody, but especially a geriatric patient. So of course, the nurses noticed. Any good nurse worth her weight in gold would, right? And they all suspected that Sister Gottfrieda was responsible and with good reason. This is when the nurses began to document their observations, you know, their findings. Then they would, you know, come together and compare notes. And that's when they decided to report their suspicions to the police. Now, when I talk about the nurses and the nuns, that's like interchangeable because the nurses were nuns and, you know, vice versa. Okay, guys. So on... January 16th, 1978, three nurses, nuns, who were also women of the cloth, okay, Sister Pieta, Sister Francisca, and Sister Godlive. I'm probably not saying this, that name correctly, but that's what I'm saying, okay? They went to the police and reported that Mother Superior, HNIC, was no Mother Superior. They reported her odd behavior, they claimed she was a fraud. They reported her drug addiction and her rendezvous. They then um, claimed that she was a murderer. They reported how Sister Gottfrieda had killed an el uh, elderly diabetic patient named Maria Vandergunst by insulin overdose. The three nuns explained that Sister Gottfrieda used the money and jewels of the deceased to support her secret lavish lifestyle. However, little did the three little nuns know that Mrs. Vandergunst wasn't Sister Gottfrieda's um, uh, first victim, okay? She was the last, okay? She had killed more before. In fact, Sister uh, Gottfrieda had been killing for at least a year. And I read some reports that the police had already been alerted regarding suspicions, um, you know, about her being um, dangerous to the patients, but they chose to ignore those reports in order to avoid scandal. So regardless to whether or not they were told in the past, this time the Popo decided to act, all right? They decided to take action. So the detectives decided that they would investigate and that they would surveil Sister HNIC and they would quickly see for themselves her scandalous habits, pardon the pun, habit, get it? Okay, for those of you who don't know, that's what their religious clothing is called. They wear habits, okay? Okay, so... Shockers. During one of those stakeouts, the detectives witnessed Sister Skeezer out and about with one of her paramours. Yes, honey. Mm-hmm. And shockers. She didn't wear her habit. Mm-mm. Oh, no. She wore a sporty pantsuit out there looking like an original Charlie's Angels from the 70s and whatnot. Baby, I wish to God there were pictures of her online, but I couldn't find not a single one, on, unfortunately. Like, I looked, I looked, I looked, I looked, no pictures at all. There's just, like, illustrations, and I posted the illustration that I could find on the Instagram and Twitter, so you can take a look there and see it for yourselves, but there's no actual pictures of this chick. So, anyway, the Popo watched as she and her boo thing drank their expensive wine, you know, unlike the sweet red Kool-Aid that I'm currently drinking. 
right? So, you know, she's over there with her boo thing. They drinking their expensive wine. And they, they watched as they, you know, got loose. You know what I'm saying? That wine got them a little loosey-goosey and shit. You know what I'm saying? And the detectives watched as these, you know, women fondled one another. Okay? They was just out there, like, failing each other and whatnot. Child, this must have been a sight to behold, especially for a nun. And especially in the 70s. Okay? So... In their investigation, the detectives would also find out that, you know, upon Sister Godfrieda's recovery from brain surgery, you know, her behavior drastically changed. And um, after becoming addicted to the painkiller morphine, she became desperate to do whatever she could to get money for more drugs, including prostitution. Okay, including prostitution. She prostituted herself. So uh, one nurse said that she also used cocaine. Another nurse told detectives that she witnessed Sister Skeezer telling a bedridden patient that if he paid her well, she'd make him happy. And then she proceeded to lifting up her skirt. And this is when the nun ran out horrified at what she had just seen. Now, upon reading this, my thought was, ma'am, were you just going to straddle that bedridden patient in the hospital with staff moving about? I mean, damn, you ain't got no, no decorum whatsoever. Like... Granted, you out there wearing pantsuits and trying to be on the low low while you in the streets, but while you in the hospital, you just gonna straddle a patient with everybody roaming around? Child, please. She she just didn't care. That's that's straight I don't give a fuck behavior, right? So other nuns would report that Sister Garfrida would make sexual advances towards them, and when they resisted, she would beat them with a whip. Now that's a serious case of sexual harassment, ain't it, y'all? I think so. So now it's obvious that Sister Skeezer, um engaged in her activities not only for money for her drugs, wine, and good food, but also because she enjoyed it. I mean, you know, she wasn't trying to sexually assault and then physically abuse her underlings with the hopes of taking their stipends, you know. She did that shit strictly for enjoyment. She got off on that shit. So detectives surmised that Sister Godfrieda was a lesbian, a sadist, a drug addict, and a murderer who stole her victim's valuables, totaling approximately $30,000 then, that's about $136,500 today, to finance her secret lifestyle and drug addiction, and she also stole some of the patient's pain medication to soothe her addiction as well. So now it was time to question Mother Superior. So the detectives confront Sister Godfrieda with the allegations, and to everyone's surprise, she admits what she did, you know, she confesses. Sister Godfrieda would tell the investigators that, get this, y'all. She said she sent Maria Vandergunst to heaven because she was very noisy and disrupted her sleep. She also confessed that in July and August of 1977, she sent a patient by the name of Peter Digman, age 82, and Leon Mayhofer, age 78, to heaven, and that all three were killed by insulin overdose. So, of course, the cops, the detectives were shocked to hear this because they were only aware of Miss Vandergunst. So to find out about the two gentlemen as well, you know, blew that shit wide open. But she sent them to heaven, y'all. For real? The nerve of this bitch. Like that title, Mother Superior, really blew that head up, clearly. You know what I'm saying? You sending motherfuckers to heaven, really? Anyway, so as I'm sure many of you already know, insulin is used to keep the sugar content down in, in the blood of diabetics, but... When they receive a, a high dose of insulin, it can cause a drop in blood glucose or hypoglycemia, 
which can cause a person to lapse into a coma and ultimately die. And that's what Sister HNIC was doing. Okay. So Sister Garfrida would be arrested and charged with the murder of the three patients. The citizens of Belgium were shocked and horrified, honey. Yes, they were clutching their imaginary pearls even. Mm-hmm. And as no one would ever think that a nun could ever do such a thing. No, 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 not a godly nun, you know. And that's what happens when you hold folk in position to such a high regard. You end up shocked and disappointed. And that's why I don't put nothing past nobody. Everybody is capable of everything. Anywho, in March 1978, Sister Garfrida was committed uh, for psychiatric observation to determine her fitness for trial. She would later be deemed unfit to stand trial and was committed to a mental, a mental institution. And this is what I'm talking about, where they don't have any dates and time frames. We just know that in March of 1978, they wanted to see if she was fit for trial. They said she wasn't. I don't know how long she was in that, um, you know, observation. Uh, and I don't know when she was committed to the mental institution. But Sister Garfrida would pass away in 2019 in a care center in St. Joseph Wetterin at the age of 86. And to this day, it is unclear just how many patients fell victim to Sister Garfrida. However, it is suspected that she murdered up to 30 people. Okay, so she was a serial killer, a serial killer. Okay, a serial killer nurse. Yes. So let me just say, you know, with my final thoughts that first, I meant no disrespect to all of you who are devout believers. No disrespect to the nuns and sisters who are out there who are actually doing good works. My jokes are for this chick only. That's it, okay? Because let's be honest, this story is savagely wild and comical in a dark sort of way. So again, please do not take offense, okay, to me and my bullshit, all right? So, um, I mean, Sister Skeezer was a piece of work, right? You know, she had expensive taste, y'all. I ain't never heard of no bougie nun. Have y'all? Who'd have thunk it? But, um... I wonder what made her realize that she was missing what she never had. Because remember, she began the process of becoming a nun at the age of 15. What does she know? She ain't lived yet. You know, maybe maybe her parents did give her a steak. Because when I was young, my mom's was taking us to steakhouses. You know what I'm saying? Like, she was taking us to steak. And I don't mean Tad Steaks in New York City, guys, for those of you who remember Tad Steaks. Like, we went to steakhouses when I was a kid. So I know about steak life. I love a steak today, you know? So... You know, I don't know, maybe she did too, but you know, um, she was 15. So how would she know what she was missing going in that young? It wasn't like she was out there in the world as an adult living life, seeing things on that level and then deciding, okay, I want to be a nurse. No, she knew this from when she was a kid. So what was going through her head when she was taking that vow of poverty? Was she saying to herself, psych, yeah, right? You thought, Lord? <laughs> like I don't know but you know seriously though when she decided that she wanted to be of the world why didn't she leave the nun life behind I mean I did read that it's a long and complicated process to breaking the vows um that you know you commit to when becoming a nun a nun um maybe that's why or maybe she didn't want to disappoint her family because remember they they seem to be really proud and happy of the fact that she wanted to become a nun in the first place okay and I don't know, maybe she felt like she didn't know how to do anything else but be a nun at that point, you know, because we're talking by the time, let me see, 78, she's born in 33. So she's 45 at this point. So all she's done her entire life was be a nun. 
You know what I'm saying? So maybe it was because that's all she knew how to do was be a nun with a little bit of killing and skeezing on the side. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Who the hell knows? But, you know, ain't no rationalizing the psychopath, right? Absolutely. I ain't about to do that. So, yeah, that ends today's show. <laughs> that ends today's show. Yeah, I know it's kind of short. It's okay. It's okay, guys. I think next week's show is going to be long. It might be. I'm not quite sure. I'll tell you, the sweet red that I'm drinking is marvelous. It's so good, okay? It's divine. Uh, I love sweet red. It's palatable. It ain't dry. It doesn't make me pucker. It doesn't, it doesn't make my whole face turn into a raisin. You know, like, I, mm -mm. sweet red, a.k.a. Kool-Aid. That's what I call it. My girls know that's, that's all I drink. And that's what I'm drinking now. But anyway, I digress. That ends today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Remember that the show is available on all of the major podcast platforms. Amazon Music, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Stitcher. Please like, follow, subscribe, and download. Rate the show, okay? Um, comment on social media. Let's interact. You know, Instagram, The Real Shell Shock. Twitter, The Real Shell Shock. And let me know what you think. All right, guys? So, um, yeah, that, that's it. Today is Wednesday. It's late. I'm going to drop this right now. After I finish editing, and um, you guys have a wonderful weekend. I'm going to have a blast of the weekend. It's my birthday weekend. Yes, yes, yes. Whoop de woo, whoop de woo. Yes, yes, yes. So I, I hope you guys have a fantastic rest of the week and weekend. And uh, until next time, be a warrior, not a worrier. Be easy, guys. I love you. Bye.